Welcome, everyone. I thank you for being here. I trust you're going to enjoy this teaching series that I am calling New Goggles. Deprogram what Pharaoh has taught you and live as the joint heir in Christ. You're going to learn a lot from this teaching, I trust. This is a collection of notes that I have taken uh, literally over the last two decades, uh, many of which from uh, a few mentors in particular, and I'll probably get into them who, as we go in, because you could learn a lot from them as well. However, it's really from God and life experience that uh, I'm going to be adding to my notes and so my notes are a little bit jumbled i've ordered them as best as i can uh, to do this i would suggest to you that you take notes as well and make this very personal to you and i listen I, i'm going to make a bold statement but your life will be transformed by this teaching you will live in a new way. I have. And God's word is supernatural. And this is all based on God's word. And I have a ton of scriptures to back up every point that is going to be made in this. I'm going to give you some of the scriptures, uh, but it would just take way too long to put every single scripture in. Uh, but I will trust that you can look this up. And when I put out a full version of this, uh, a little bit more organized, I'm going to be taking the transcripts from these videos and using them as a basis for the new book and, uh, and creating a workbook and adding in some different things. Uh, but literally, uh, we it would take a year to get through this if I put in every scripture. Uh, so please forgive me. I will put in the main ones as we get going. And this particular chapter uh, is going to really set a precedence of what you're going to be getting out of this. We are called to live in this world. We are put here by God, but what are we supposed to do? What is this all about? Who are you? Why are the things around us happening? Well, I think all of the answers are in scriptures. In fact, I don't think I know. God did not leave us unprepared. And it's time for us, and I really mean that when I say us, in this community, it's to move together, uh, literally in a togetherness. And when we do that as joint heirs in Christ, knowing exactly who we are, we will affect much change in this world. And uh, the first scripture I just want to give you is, you know, Romans eight seventeen, where it says that we are joint heirs in Christ. And when I think of an heir, we inherit. We inherit this creation. God created it. We are it to inherit it. And if you've been following the program for a while, uh, I'm a little bit obsessed with stewardship. I'm not perfect in it. That is for sure. But it's something I'm working on because it is very important to God. And as I've mentioned several times on the broadcast previously, you know, in the New Testament alone, God mentions, you know, heaven 215 times, faith 218 times, but gives stewardship principles 2,085 times. That's a 10 times multiplier. So what are we supposed to be doing now? This is not a stewardship course. This is more about your mind and getting your mind in the game. I've often spoken on 
the show that everything is created in the spirit first, and then it manifests on earth. And I know that new age people have taken that concept and it, you know, and they use it because it's true. However, they take God out of the equation. They call God source. They call God all kinds of things. It's just the universe. And no, God is God. There is no one higher. There is, <laughs> he is, we are because he is. And we have to understand that we are given an ability to think. We are spirits trapped inside of a flesh body. And it's our spirit that is eternal. We are living in eternity now. And you can't invent something without thinking of it first. If you have a thought, can you touch it? No. So a thought is spirit. It is a spiritual thing. You're sending it up. And when we deprogram from what Pharaoh has taught us, and we start to live and see the world through new goggles, and I call it new goggles because we need these kind of new frames to hold the lens to see things the way God sees them. And, you know, the way to do that is obviously to get into God's word and put it into a actionable sequence in which we can live our lives. Now, one of the false things that the world has taught us is that really the Bible and being a Christian is just a way to live out a morality. It's just a morality. Well, morality has something to do with it, absolutely. But it's much more than that. And you're going to discover uh, how much more it is. And this is actually going to be fairly comprehensive. It will take many weeks. I've got this divided into 12 sections so far. And I'll probably be adding to it. One of the benefits of doing something like this, and as I've learned even on the Bible studies uh, that we do on Sundays, is that the greatest lesson is for the teacher. And in this case, you know, I'm a student uh, still. It's the way I consider myself. In all humility, I'm not a, uh, a Bible scholar by any means. But in this case, I'm the teacher and the greatest lesson is for the teacher. And I expect to grow, again, uh, multiples as we go through this. And so I do expect to be adding to this as we go. So that is my introduction, and let's get into the material. Uh, so chapter one, I've entitled Two Trees two seeds, one choice. And in Genesis 3.15, it really begins the battle between good and evil. Right in the very beginning, right after creation, is the battle between good and evil. And obviously we know that there were two trees in the garden, one had the forbidden knowledge, uh, Eve ate of it, uh, Adam blamed his wife, and, uh, and God cursed the serpent. And this battle continues throughout the 66 books of the Bible and ends in the book of Revelation. Of course, eternity continues beyond that. Uh, but it really, you know, for for this point in history, you know, from the time the Bible was written by all these different people uh, over a span of about 1,500 years, uh, never been a book like it, by the way, worth considering if you 
haven't read it yet. But it really gives us a glimpse a few thousand years in advance and then into eternity. But we don't have full description of what eternity is, but we do have a good description of what the thousand year reign of Christ will be, uh, which is, you know, after Armageddon and before the uh, battle of Gog and Magog, and then we go to eternity from there. So what is this war that we're in? Because there was two trees and then there was two seeds. We have Cain and Abel. And, uh, and I say, and it's one choice because the world teaches us that there's many different kinds of people. There's natives, there's uh, Europeans, there's black, there's white, there's fat, there's skinny. Uh, no, we're, we're just all human beings. Um, and it's really only two types of human beings. It's saved and unsaved. And I think that's the way God looks at it. And when you become saved, you become a joint heir in managing God's creation because you are a child of the king. And what is a child of the king supposed to do? Well, a child of the king goes about the king's business and manages the kingdom. That's what we do. And that is. God's essentially management program to prepare you for the territories that you will manage and the cities that you will manage in the new millennium and beyond. God is working to this day and he expects us to work. When we read the Proverbs in particular, and I just did a study of them again, so it's super fresh in my mind, but how many times does God basically abhor a lazy person. Um, look, we all have lazy moments, but uh, being lazy in the middle of a battle is not advised. You'll be slaughtered. And that's not God's intention for you. So what is this war about? Well, from the very beginning, from the book of Genesis, the war is between Christ and Satan and their followers. And it's important to mention their followers. Christ has followers. Satan has followers. Christ's followers identify themselves as born again. Satan's followers are not born again. So if you are not born again, you could be a great guy. You could be very charitable and have the best of intention and just be agnostic. But you're actually following Satan because you have not chosen Christ. That's some bold preach right there, folks. But it's the truth. So what is the battle about here on earth? Well, it's about control, control over the world. It's about management of people and resources. Now, Satan has recruited some servants, just like Christ has, because he's an imitator, and he has people who are willingly serving Satan, and many of them are in very powerful positions in this world. In fact, I'd say his best servants are there. He'll betray them, by the way. But the war is really about, again, it's the management of God's creation and about the people. Now, Satan hates the people. God loves the people. God wants the best for you. Satan wants to destroy you. And people are willing to trade in eternity for some things in this very temporary world. It makes no sense to me. But here's something I want you to write down, and I want you to write this down in big letters. We 
as the followers of Christ, who I'm just going to refer to as the church as we get going, because we are the church. It's not a building. It's us, the people who follow Christ, the born-again believer. We have gotten into a mess in this world because we have sat back and been lazy and not paid attention. We did not know the enemy's plans. We got caught up going to the Roman Colosseum. We've been caught up, you know, in our luxuries in the Western world in particular. We've had to work very hard, uh, you know, um, very few stay-at-home mums now because we need two cars in the driveway. We need this. We need that. Well, really, we want them. They're not needs. Sorry. But we have been caught up in this, and now what I see, and this is why I'm putting out this in some urgency, the church is now starting to play defense. Oh, we just found out they're doing this. They're coming to take away our rights. We have to play defense. Well, this is not God's strategy. God's strategy is for us to play offense. You never, ever want to put up a defense unless you have an offense planned. Sometimes we do need to play defense, it's true. But you never do it without having an offense planned. Because if you just keep playing defense, they're just going to keep coming and eventually you'll be overrun. At some point, when the enemy is resting, you have to go into their camp and take them out. And I'm not talking about violence here in any way, of course. I'm talking about taking back our ground and taking it away from them. We need to go on offense. So write this down. The church is to be on offense, not defense. And I'll just uh, refer to a couple scriptures here uh, for you to look up. And as you said, I don't have time to read every single scripture. Uh, and I don't want to steal the joy from you. Uh, this is the way I was taught, actually. I don't want to steal the joy from you of experiencing God's word for yourself. Uh, so you could reference Matthew uh, 16, verse 18, and Matthew uh, 28, 18. And just know that God owns the earth, not Satan. God owns it. Satan, people think because... You know, Satan offered all the things in this world to Jesus that it was Satan's. God already had it. He didn't need it. Now, is Satan running this world? Yeah. Why? Because the church isn't. Satan is running this world because we have not stepped up. Can you feel a change? Just as I said that. I can feel a change. I know that someone is listening to this. Look, Satan's the homeless person here. He's just set up his camp on God's creation because the church has led him. So if God owns the earth, and God has left us his instructions. He has left a book. It's called the Bible. It's not fairy tales. It's not just great stories, although they are great stories. He has left us an instruction book. And the instruction book is, we call the Bible, uh, but it's also known as the Word of God. And the Word of God is alive. Jesus is the word of God. So my question to you is, does the word of God apply to every person in this world? Does the word of God apply 
to entities, angels, demons. So the answer to that question is yes, by the way. It does apply to all people, saved, unsaved, fallen, angelic, doesn't matter. Nephilim still have to go by the word of God. God is the one most high. So what are we as the church supposed to be doing right now? How are we supposed to be acting as heirs in God's creation? God's creation and God's instructions for us are basically the inverse of everything that this world has taught you and me and taught everyone. And I just think of an example and, you know, we've covered some of the holidays and things like that, but, you know, in the Western world, for as parents, we're taught that it's good to lie to kids and tell them there's a Santa. Oh, and it's so good because we get to spoil them with presents and there's such a joyous spirit. And we say, Merry Christmas. What's Mary mean? Christmas? Really? I don't remember Christ having Mass. And, you know, and then eventually we tell kids it was a lie. And But, and, but if someone says Merry Christmas to you, we're told, just respond, Merry Christmas. We don't want to offend them. And uh, listen, and just a few years ago, I was fighting for the right to say Merry Christmas, folks. So I'm not coming to you from high ground. I'm telling you, these are just the things. God's teachings and what Jesus told us and Jesus' instructions, when we look at them through new goggles, and you will, after learning these things, you're going to read the Bible in a whole new way. You're going to learn that they're not of this world. They're of his kingdom, and he's told us how to live in eternity now. Write that down. Eternity starts now. God is our source. And we, he supplies all of our need. You think you worked hard to own your house? Yeah, you did. God gave it to you. Some people work harder than you do all their lives. They never get a house. God gave you what you have. God is your sole source. These things have to get down into your innermost being. God is your source. And we are called to use the things that God gives us. We are only stewards of them. You're stewards of your body. You're stewards of your ability. You're stewards of your gifts. You're stewards of your resources. The world buys and sells but God's kingdom principles are to sow and reap. Does that mean we can't buy ourselves? No. But we sow and reap. Again, this is about your mind. You must transform your mind by keeping your eyes on Jesus and his word and living according to that in this world. Does it mean you won't sin? No, you probably will sin. I'll sin before the end of the day. There's no doubt. However, I pray every day I will sin less. And we are to disciple 
others. We're, we want, God wants that no one should pass away in this world, that everyone should live eternally. And Jesus is the only way. So it's with desperation that we need to not only evangelize, but we need to disciple people into the kingdom. So even now, I'm working in the capacity of helping to disciple you, even if you're a born-again believer, maybe you're not, but I'm helping to disciple you, which is to give you the tools to operate the way God intended us to write, to, to live. And, you know, when I look at Jesus's life, he was righteous in every single way. And even when he went into the temple and overturned, like, you know, the world sees that as, oh, Jesus had a temper tantrum. No, he was righteous and he was just in doing these things. And so if Jesus did it and Jesus had no sin, sometimes we need to go and turn the tables and be righteous and just. So when I use the word Pharaoh has taught us, it's because really it's the teachings of Egypt that are coming back. It's the ancient civilization. It's the knowledge of the fallen angels. It's the knowledge of the serpents that have really formed the control mechanisms in this world. And we need to get this out of us. And the way to get it out of us is to transform your mind. God will meet you there in the transformation of your mind. Uh, Romans is probably the one of the best books in the Bible for this, by the way. And uh, I would quote Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 is very good for this. But we have to think, change the way that we think. And we have to remember also what the enemy has done. Because if we don't know what the enemy has done, how are we going to take these things back? Look, let's identify the problem. So first thing is Satan has taken over the school systems. The school systems talk about selfishness, about self-empowering, about how you feel, how you do this. And of course, they teach an upside-down version of everything when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to, you know, everything. But I think really at the core of it, it's selfishness and pride that they're teaching and stripping away <clears throat> valor and masculinity, even feminine. <laughs> Women are under just as much or if not more attack than men are right now. And everything is to strip away your identity of who you are in God. And Satan knows that to gain control of the schools is to gain control of the future. So he has done that. And one of the things we're going to have to do is to take back the schooling of our children. Satan does not want the Christian influence. The most dangerous thing to Satan and his world system is you knowing who you are in Christ and acting on it. By the end of this entire series, you will know who you are in Christ 
and you will know how to live and what are the things we must do. And it's not Jeff telling you what to do. This is what God's word says we are to do. So please don't look at me and say, Jeff's telling, no, no, no. This is just me grabbing God's word and giving it to you. So it's not only the school system that Satan has done, obviously. He has the economic system. And uh, who controls the money controls the world. Who controls the resources controls the world. We have sat back as a church and let the world's food supply be in the hands of just a few. We have let major corporations become so powerful that they're more powerful than governments. And corporations are now working in conjunction with governments around the world. And guess what? Your interests are not theirs. They are working on a satanic, demonic agenda. Is it too late? No. It's not too late. This is a just-in-time message that you are getting in this series is just in time. But we have to act with veracity. We need to go after this and we need to organize. There's going to be some more announcements from Right On Radio about how we are going to organize. We're working on some details now. But step one uh, in before we organize is deprogramming and getting back control of your mind. And so let's start talking about, well, actually, I'll get into that in a second, um, understanding our mind. But the overriding rule in all of this, uh, we can look at philosophy, we can look at how our, our mind is structured, and we're going to, uh, because we're going to need to understand that to undo some of the harm that has happened to us and to, for lack of a better term, open our mind up and to be able to communicate with God more directly, more freely, hear his voice more clearly and more often. And at the end of the day, um, we have to accept God's word as reality. We have to read it in every day and look at it as it is reality. This spirit world, which controls the physical world, is actually more real than the physical world. And you might be thinking, Jeff, how could that be? I can touch things in the physical world. I can't touch the spiritual world. Well, the physical world will disappear. The spiritual world will still be here. The physical world is just held together by a bunch of things that you can't touch, which are atoms and things like that, that are just glued together by God. It's going to disappear, folks. It's temporal. So when we look at scriptures as being reality, it will help to re-educate us. And you will see the by after after this course, after the, the this series of teachings, you are going to be reading the Bible in a very new way. And you're and God is going to, through his Holy Spirit, is going to unlock truths that you have just skimmed over all of your life that you've been reading. Hence, uh, you're going to get new goggles. 
and uh, that's my commitment to you, man. And, and if at the end of this, if you say it didn't work for me, I'll keep going. I'm going to keep going until each and every one of you get it. So these new goggles are going to help you not only see the world in a different way, but how you interact with your family, how you interact in your workspace, how you lead, evangelize, and disciple people, how you live your life, how self-discipline can be very, very easy. Hint, God will help you. <laughs> you just have to choose. Choose this day. And God will help you. And that's in all areas of your life. But mostly choose to renew your mind in Christ. And again, this will not make you perfect while you're in your flesh suit. I get it. People are going to, people can get under my skin and I can react badly. That's just one of my faults. And I'm sure you have some too. But the self-discipline is going to come more and more. And God did not leave us alone in this world. He left the helper. He left your comforter. He left the Holy Spirit. And that's God's promise to you. So in this teaching, you're going to be learning you know, honestly, some of the biggest questions that most people are not asking, and it's fundamental. Okay, I'm saved. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do it? What am I supposed to do? Well, I'm supposed to be a good person. I'm supposed to tell people about Jesus. Okay, how am I supposed to do it? Where am I supposed to do it? When am I supposed to do it? And also, as we do this, Satan and, his, and the world will come against you in a greater capacity. If you're effective, that's the truth. And this actually is a very good thing. Because... Whenever you're going in a direction, and especially if you're dedicating your life to it, wouldn't you like to have a measure of success? This is one of the measures of success when the opposition starts coming against you. And listen, uh, I'm just going to be real honest with you. One of the first things of opposition that's going to happen is your friends and family going to start to fall away from you if they're unsaved? You know, there's a saying, a prophet's never recognized in his own home, and that's true, or in your own neighborhood. But God will supply others to you, and we will keep praying for those loved ones, friends and family, but it hurts, folks. It's going to hurt. I've gone through so much pain, even recently, with this. Uh, obviously, it happened when I was born again. And I've been on and off. I've backslidden during my time as a Christian and tried to play the world game again. And thankfully, God loves me enough to correct me. And uh, dismantle my life once again. He's done it to me a couple times. Look, I'm thick as a brick, folks. Um, I wish I had uh, got with the program much earlier. But uh, it is it is what it is. And I suspect some of you are the same. But then, you know, even after starting this, uh, this podcast of Right on Radio, man, the people that have fallen away from me and people I would have expected to be with me, quite honestly, have fallen away. And then, you know, of course, Satan has sent people into our camps uh, who were just in 
to betray us. And, you know, I'm never going to name the names. I never will. But some of those betrayals are people that you know, and it will shock you. Some of you might be thinking you know. Don't assume. Don't assume any names because you're probably going to be wrong. Um, so we're also, we're really going to know how to engage in this battle, serve our purpose, and glorify God in the midst of it. Because at the end of the day, those are the things we are called to do. Um, it's one thing to be a joint heir with Christ and to go out and to be a great evangelist. And you, you know, you could be a great evangelist and you're, you know, you're just the greatest salesperson in the world. And, and people, you know, people want to uh, believe God because you told them, but then, you know, they get born again and they're just out to be attacked by the wolves because you become a target of the enemy when you be born again. If you're just living in the world, Satan doesn't care. You're not doing him any harm. You're just going to be another sheep that he'll roll over. But when you become born again, you get a target on your head. So we need to not only equip people and evangelize, but we need to make sure that they're not left alone. And this, this is glorifying God because this is what God has taught us to do. This is what Jesus did. Jesus equipped. He walked with his disciples. He taught them every day. He gave them future instruction. He said, this will happen to me, and then this is what you are to do. Peter, I will build my church upon you. He gave instruction to everyone, and then they replicate the pattern. We are saved to both serve God and glorify him in his kingdom now and for eternity. And as I said in the beginning, eternity starts now. And that's the reality that you need to live in. Eternity started the moment you were born again. That's when it started. And when we are born again, we are born again, obviously, in the spirit. And then we're told to be baptized. And the baptism, it's, um, it's symbolic of coming out of the world. It's, it's a transfer from the world we are living in into the kingdom world. Except we, the church treat that as symbolic. It's not symbolic. It's reality. When we are born again and then baptized, it is a reality. It is a transfer into the system. But yet we just go back to living our lives and, oh, I cuss less. Well, that's good, Christian. We're in a battle. This is a war between good and evil. God owns the world. God wants us to steward it, manage its resources, its food, its money systems, the governments, all of these things, because they're gods. Again, we've got a homeless person Satan, who's overrun your neighborhood. It's time to get it back. 
And many times in the Bible, Jesus has always said, your faith has healed you, or because you have believed. A very important point in this, and write these words down, faith is now. Faith is in the present tense. So if we're going to believe, well, someday in the future, the church is going to rise up, we're, you're, you're not saying that in faith. Faith is now. It's the present tense. It's not in the past. It'll bring you to the future, but it's not in the future. It's in your present tense. Faith is always now. And if we are to move in faith, we are to move now. I'm just pausing there, not because I don't know what to say next. That's going to be hard for some of you to eternalize, but it's important. Faith is right now. Faith is also joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Faith is a gift. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can have joy and we can sing God's praises because we know he will supply every need you have. And the joy in this new reality that, by the way, God has created, but as you go through this, you are not only a joint heir with Christ, but you're a co-creator in this new reality. God's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to be that co-creator and to get as many people into the kingdom. And by the way, to... Uh, usher in God's kingdom, which is going to come and settle down on earth for 1,500 years, how much joy will it be when you were a kingdom builder before it came? Will your name be on some of those stones in the wall of the building? I don't know. Will mine? I don't know. If there's a way to get my name written into those stones on the side walls, I want to do it. So it's transforming our mind, but we also transforming others. And did you know that there's that saying that you can't take treasure with you? That, you know, money is only temporal. Yeah, that's true. Can't take it with you. But there's also a saying called treasure in heaven. And that's not a mistake because there are certain things that go through the fire and will be with you for eternity. And that's the things that you've done in service to God that glorified God. If you're just acting in service and it doesn't glorify God, then I'm not sure if that will go into eternity. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it is a reality. And here's the thing. And I'm going to leave you with just these uh, couple thoughts. And, and I hope you've taken notes in this because there's some really deep truths in this and they're very fundamental as we go forward with this teaching. But I'm going to leave you with a couple questions. But first, this statement. And it's just a reinforcement of what I've said, but 
being born again is really what unlocks this whole thing. It is impossible to live in faith, to transfer into this new kingdom reality, to walk and talk with God, unless daily, unless we are born again. So born again is the way, and then we transfer our reality into the new kingdom, and we act upon our faith now. So I want you to just ask yourself, and and if you're a note taker, and I hope you have been taking notes in this, because you will benefit more from taking notes. If you didn't take notes, rewatch it and take notes, please. This teaching might not be up here forever as a resource for you to go back to, okay? Um, So write down these questions. Who am I in Christ? What am I to do? How will I do it? And how will I stand? And I say stand because it's the opposite. I talked about being lazy at the beginning. Um, People sitting down just praying or playing defense. It's good to pray. But we need to stand. So, uh, and you might have to go into the enemy's camp and attack. Because again, you never, ever have a defense unless you're planning an offense. And another thing to start taking stock of, and this is just very personal to you, is... Who are you joined with? And I and I know when we do chats and things like that, uh, it comes up so often that people feel like they're on an island. That, that you know, people are thankful that we have our uh, Telegram channels and things. That people feel a sense of community. But in your immediate area, who are you joined with? How will you build with those people? And, you know, just going back to the garden, there were two trees. Obviously, uh, we were not meant to live by the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but that's the way this world is being run. There was still the tree of life. And although there was Cain, there was also Abel. Two trees, two seeds, one choice. The tree of life is there for a reason as well. And the tree of life is an example of how we are supposed to live. And God gives us the ultimate example in just even explaining who God is. God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But God is a Father to the Son. And that speaks of relationship. And God created Adam and Eve. And he walked with them. He had fellowship with them in the garden. This is the way we are meant to live. We are meant to live by the tree of life. We are meant to live in the way that Abel did, the good seed. He gave offerings that were pleasing to God. Where Cain was a murderer. This world is consumed with knowledge, it's consumed with murder, selfishness, pride, 
inversion of everything that God created. But it doesn't mean we can't live God's reality here on earth. And so as you consider these things, who am I? What am I to do? How am I going to do it? Who am I with? How am I going to withstand the tests? How, how do I operate relationally? Because you cannot do this alone and you're not meant to do this alone. Then, going back, how do I steward? Because again, you are a co-creator and co-manager with Christ, with God himself. And he wants you to care for not only this earth, but his people and even the things that he's given you. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity. I pray that this message was clear. I pray that the important stuff takes root in people's minds, Lord. And anything that is not of you uh, is just falls to the side and is burnt to ashes. Father, I pray that we take action now. I pray that your Holy Spirit assist every single person who is willing to step up and stand. Lord, that they will stand on your promises and stand in faith now. And action these things now. Just even where we're at, Lord, meet us, meet each one of us where we're at. Guide us, Lord, and help us to get up off the couch, uh, figuratively speaking, and actually do something about this and to work as your child in this kingdom and as your heir. Well, I thank you for joining me in this. Um, Next one will be up in a couple of weeks, and then they'll be consistent for a little while. Um, I'm recording this at the beginning of summer, and there are some planned uh, times when I'm not going to be able to do this. Uh, however, I will do them consistently, and we'll get through this together, uh, folks. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, you can support right on radio. I have a patron account. Um, if you want to learn stuff, you know, I've studied a lot of things for years and God has really given me some gifts. Uh, my Creating Wealth Through Stewardship course uh, is available on rightonyou.com. Uh, That's really fundamental and I'm really proud of the, uh, the real estate course. You know, we know that uh, the world is buying up all the real estate and they're making it impossible. And I actually put out that course with some urgency. Um, it's not how to become a real estate agent. It's not like that, but it's about how to uh, to do what God says to do, and that's to go get land and to manage it and, you know, to create wealth that way and uh, all kinds of things. And I'm really giving it away at a, at a bargain. The contracts alone that I give are worth 10 times the value of it, and I really do a step-by-step -step process in, in the course's focus. And even if you don't, you have to have some money. If, you, if you're if you broke and you're on social security and scraping by uh, and you had to borrow money to get the course, don't do it. It's not for you. But, you know, if uh, if you could put, you know, aside the, the cost of the course, uh, and there's a coupon in the description. Um, I think it's just save 500 is the coupon. Um, it's really worthwhile. And, uh you know, we do lots of different things, but I, I do these courses to add value to you. And uh, and they really are, they, they value far exceeds what uh, what I offer them out. And that this helps support uh, myself. And, uh, and another way you can support is just if you're in North America in particular at the time of recording, um, go to mylibertystand.com. Uh, it won't cost you a thing. It just... Uh, 
you're already spending money on everyday items and uh, these are better for you. They're more natural uh, and more effective and uh, it won't cost you a thing. It's just switching and, and it actually helps not only myself, but a whole bunch of your right radio, on radio listeners that have become involved with us. And we really are making a kingdom of economy and uh, it's a beautiful thing. So if you haven't yet, go to mylibertystand.com and Thank you for putting up with these uh, couple commercials, but hey, um, I'm doing this full time now, folks. So this is what I have to do. Uh, it's just, it's reality. You know, <laughs> live right in the real world. Well, the real world says I have to pay taxes and uh, and I still have a mortgage and different things, you know, debts to just like you. And I want to also be able to be there for my neighbor as some of these things happen. And I like to be able to give and Sometimes it's, I'm able to give because sometimes it's because you've given to me or perhaps you've just helped support. So God bless each and every one of you and I'll see you on the next program.